Hey, it's Brandon Crane, uh, the original Ben Hanscom from the Stephen King's Hit miniseries, and you're listening to Without Your Head. of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by isa lopez writer director of tigers are not afraid how are you doing i'm delighted it's been such a joyful unexpected ride mm-hmm. and uh just enjoying it yeah and boston underground film festival this sunday i'll be there uh 6 the movie will play what's it like to watch uh your film with an audience it's the best thing in the world i'm telling you um you know i you know i don't have kids and uh you know some women directors are incredibly brave and uh and decide to have kids and make movies which for me is more amazing than gravity um but the, the reason i didn't is because i i i live and breathe to be on the set and um and I always thought that that was the ultimate joy. And it's not as amazing as it is uh, being on the set. The fact that you can sit down with an audience and, and when your movie works um, and, and see them connect. And the amazing thing is um, when, when a movie really, really, I think when it comes from a certain very, very personal place, funnily enough, it becomes very universal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in that way, it's funny how it doesn't matter in what continent you are. It doesn't matter if, if it has subtitles and you're hoping they're good. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you see audiences react in the same places in very similar ways. And and then, surprisingly, there's a couple of places that you you have very specific surpri- um, reactions with different cultures. Mm-hmm. But that is part of the adventure. And the great thing about it is it feels like you're watching the movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. So you're in a way, you're reviving the joy of being on the set and sharing, uh, you know, it's, it's, the most, it's the closest thing I've ever experienced to being able to actually sharing your dreams, to showing what's inside your skull to someone else, um, which I, which is I think I, I, everybody would love to do, except when you try to to explain a dream to somebody else, you can see that person's eyes dying slowly <laughs> because nobody cares, uh-huh. nobody gives a damn about your dreams, except if you're able to capture them in an interesting, structured, you know, emotional way and put them on a screen, then. People care about your dreams, you know, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. The the movie's beautiful itself. Uh, I get to see it. And um, you said it was uh, very personal to you. Is there anything about the movie that's uh, uh, 
that's uh, from your life or people you know or what is it about yeah. you that's very personal? Yeah, it's funny because if you if you get to know me personally, and I hope we do in Boston, um, you would you would look at me and you would say, oh, this is not a woman that looks like she went that she survived the violence of of drug war." Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Thank God. You know, I haven't. I haven't had to go through that. But one thing I had to go through was being a little girl. I was eight, and coming home and not finding my mother there. Uh, which is how the movie starts. I'm, I'm not spoiling it. Right. <laughs> it's how the movie starts, you know. And um, and then, um, you know, then she never comes back. And uh, my mother died. And it was very unexpected. It was, of course, not as tragic as what happens with these children. To put a little context, mm-hmm. the movie is about the kids, the children that survive the drug war in Mexico. And... Like any war around the world, like, you know, Syria right now, like um, Iraq, like um, um, Afghanistan, there's beautiful movies about um, kids in Afghanistan. Uh, Mexico is going through a war and, and kids suffer incredibly through it. They lose their parents. They are hurt in it. Um, and weirdly enough, unlike other wars, nobody's talking about the children in this war, in my country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt, when I realized this, which was kind of a, uh, an embarrassing thing that I, I hadn't thought about it before. And the reason I hadn't is because it's not in the media. And uh, there's so much about the drug war in the media, in the world, but especially in Mexico, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody cares, and everybody talks about this, uh, but nobody's talking about the kids. And I felt... Uh, an obligation, a calling. It sounds super pretentious, but you know, I've up until that point, I've, I had only made comedies. I love, love, love comedy, and you can see that in the movie actually. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a little bit of it in it. And uh, and nobody was talking about these kids, so I felt that it was an opportunity to dwell into a, in a universe that I've always been fascinated uh, with since I was a kid myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up obsessed with, you know, the Goonies and the, the Stephen King novels like it or, um, uh, Stand by, Stand by me. me, which is yeah. based, Stand by me, yeah, which is based on a, on a, on a novella by, by, by mm, King. Body. Um, exactly. And it, which is beautiful. And, um, and I always longed, um, as a kid to, get together with a group of kids and go through a life-changing event, adventure, you know, mm-hmm. um, a hero's journey in a way. And uh, and the type of, of cinema that I had been able to do up until that point, as much as I loved it and enjoyed it, was not about that. And this was an opportunity to go there and touch a subject matter that I felt was necessary. <clears throat> and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that... Um, I was talking about myself. <laughs> I didn't real. I thought that because it was about the victims of the drug war, it was very removed from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico, like many third world countries, is is deeply divided between um, the you know middle class and up are very privileged mm-hmm. and stay away from the horrors and and perils of 
of of people of the working and and the the, the social class that lives in utter poverty, mm-hmm. and um, and we we don't come a, a contact a lot, even though we share the space. is a very crazy concept, mm-hmm. um, and this this movie. Uh, takes place in that universe. I did have a lot of contact. I'm not rich at all. My father was a college professor, but I was definitely not dealing with the stuff that extremely poor people deal in Mexico. Right. But I had a chance to see it in a way and Mm -hmm. reflect it in the movie. Precisely because I didn't have a mother, um, she died of natural causes. Um, I was in part, because my father had to work so much, I had in part to be raised uh, by working class women in Mexico mm-hmm. and I grew up with their kids. So I could see it up close and personal, you know, mm-hmm. these were my siblings um, on one hand. On the other hand, uh, even though my mother died of natural causes, it was very sudden and I never had a chance to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, uh, you you always drag the ghost of the person who disappeared because you were never able to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. You were never able to look at a casket and, uh, you know, go to, to a ritual. That's what rituals are for. And uh, the main character in my movie, the same thing happens to her. She's the daughter of a single mother, unlike me, and she comes home and mom is not there and she's on her own. Mm-hmm. But the ghost of her mother is, is, is coming after her because of magical circumstances. It's a magical realism movie, mm-hmm. but it's a still the same feeling. You know, you on one hand you miss your mother, and on the other hand you're terrified of her, mm-hmm. and that's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think part of the movie is uh, imagination, power of imagination with children. Uh, is that something uh, personal to you too? I assume since your mother uh, died young, and then you went on to great movies well you know first of all the real world was not a nice place mm-hmm. um for me yeah um i, I doubt it is for anybody anymore right, you know right. less and less every day sadly and uh, the imagine the, the imaginary world was and is incredibly fascinating and um i had an overactive imagination from the very beginning, even when my mom was alive. And I remember an episode when I was put to bed and I hated it. I've always been a night person. And, um, and then I, I, you know, very, I, I learned to breathe very early to be able to do something by night. And when my parents realized that I was, you know, at seven and spending the entire night reading, and then falling asleep at school, uh, they would they would take away the lamps in my room. <laughs> so I remember one night being in in bed and uh, and just not you know just being bored. And I I swear to God the few I know this can't be, but I swear to God that I saw those like a tiny little um, like uh, half a foot sized little devil. Uh-huh climb on my bed and stand there watching me. And there was a moment of utter wonder mm-hmm. of, oh my God, the universe is wider <laughs> than, I, than I thought, you know? <laughs> and then the other part of my brain kicking in and me screaming was crazy. <laughs> and my parents coming in and going like, what? And I was, yeah, I, you, the, the devil was there. And mm-hmm. they were like, okay, well, um, 
honey, <laughs> we need to talk, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, um, so yeah, imagination has been a central part of my life. And I think it's at the core of this movie, how not only the ghosts mm-hmm. um, are, are the ghosts of the dead that any war produces are coming after these kids. Not only they had to run from the very real dangers mm-hmm. of the criminals that run this war, but also uh, the the it, you can read it both ways in a way that they have an in into the imaginary world that that moves around them. You know, like that mm-hmm. night that I had a chance to have a peek. Um, Beyond the veil, let's call it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's, a, you know, in interviews and in talks with friends, and there's always that there's most people assume that what's the fantastic side of the movie is happening in the eyes of the main character of Estrella. Mm-hmm. But if you look very carefully at the movie, you will see that there are clues that the fantastic world is very real. It's not fantastic. It's just a little, a tiny, tiny bit beyond our reach. And and she crossed the barrier. And now she can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, about, how about uh, casting uh, Estrella? Because she's, uh, actually, all the kids are uh, perfect in the movie, I think. Uh, was Thank that you. difficult to, to cast? Because, you know, it's your baby. Oh, you man. Want, you know, you want yeah. to be perfect. It was, it was. Oh my God, it was so tough. It's funny that that your um, team Estrella, <laughs> uh-huh. the it's it's um, I love I love them all. You know, uh-huh. it's like any mother. They're not my kids, of course, but sure, sure. like any mother, I will say I love them all the same. <laughs> right, but right. Uh, but it's funny because audiences are often divided between the fans of Estrella and the fans of Shine. Shine is the the little boy who's the leader of a very tough gang of boys mm-hmm. that have, have have survived this war through his wits. So his let's call him he's the Peter Pan of this story, and she is Wendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and there's and there's Team Estrella, <laughs> and um, and I think it's a very interest interesting psychological test. It says a lot about you <laughs> if you go with Estrella uh-huh. or you walk with Shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super interesting that you picked this player yeah, because yeah. both of them stand for a very different uh, sure. view of the world. Mm-hmm. One's more um, like grounded and, ex- and realistic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One is stands, and uh, and that's a theme that, without me realizing it, not until I did this movie, someone who really knows me, a dear friend of mine, an actress in my first movie, said, "You see that it's the same movie." My first movie is an urban comedy about, um, you know, people turning 30 and not being able to cope with a change. Imagine how different that sounds mm-hmm. from this. And I was like, what? It's the, they're too, what are you talking about? And she was like, darling, in that movie, you have a main male character who is absolutely data and reality and harsh reality. And you have a main, main female character that believes in science and believes in, in reasons beyond our understanding, you know? Mm-hmm. And their clash is what makes the movie. And this movie is exactly the same. Yeah. 
And I was like, wow, and I'm, here I am trying to do something new. <laughs> and I'm still making the same movie, you know. Yeah. But, in, but in a way, it's true. So back to casting. Um, it's five kids, four boys, one girl. Mm-hmm. Um, tough. Because Latin America is... Uh, I, well, okay, okay, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to talk about Mexico. I don't know about the rest of Latin America okay. in this. Mexican kids make, usually, traditionally horrendous horrible actors it's true it sounds terrible it sounds horrible uh, it's true mm-hmm. it's true it's just in mexico really enough mexican kids uh kids of mexican origin grew up in a different culture and they make for amazing actors but there's something about growing up either watching telenovelas or being in the in, you know in your abuela's house and telenovelas are playing in the back and you're listening to this acting style. You know, I finally I was able to, to figure out what was going on. Because kids are incredible anywhere in the world. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, but the moment that you would play with them and you would improvise with them, and then the moment that you would say action, they would immediately move into... Geez, that's terrible, Mr. Smith. <laughs> and that was exactly a type of acting that I didn't need in this movie. Mm-hmm. So um, we saw, well, not me, but my casting director saw around 600 children. Oh, wow. Uh, in between, you know, from every walk. I mean, from open calls, from visiting schools, from acting schools, children from children that had been in other movies everybody like everybody um there was not a criteria and um and then she um went down to 200 and that's when i came in and i watched the videos of the 200 and we picked 50 and i and i did a lot of callbacks with these 50 until i i I picked 20 and and when i had 20 (laughs) I had to recruit the help of, um, it, it's so hard to, you know, one kid has this amazing trait and that kid has that another amazing mm-hmm. trait. And what I did is I, I recruited the help of the magical, amazing mastermind, um, woman named Fatima Toledo. She, uh, she was the acting coach behind the kids in City of God, mm-hmm. no less. And those kids were incredible. Yeah. So I called Fatima, who is um, in high demand, and it's very hard to get, but she read the script and fell in love with it. So she came all the way from Sao Paulo, and um, and uh, we made uh, we made a workshop of my house. I was homeless for a little while. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and the parents were amazing, you know. We were very serious. We, mm-hmm. we had a very caring team. We introduced yourselves and we said, you know, if you're interested, we're going to be working with your kids for two, for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And of these, of, of these 20 kids, five will make the movie and 15 will not. But they will learn and they will play. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting experience. And, and the parents said, yeah, the 20 of, uh, you know, the 20, the, the parents of the 20 kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Fatima is tough. Oh my God, she's tough. And but the amazing thing is, kids can take it. They're tough too, mm-hmm. and they talk back, and they stand up, and they, they, they're disciplined. And once they trust you, they go all the way. 
and uh, and we picked five, and uh, those were the ones you saw on the screen. Yeah. Is, um, <laughs> were any of the locations uh, dangerous themselves to, to shoot in? Um, you mean like criminally? Uh, uh, either way, criminally or just like abandoned places might be dangerous to just you know walk around in. Uh huh. I don't know even why I make the question because the answer to both is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Um, um, I mean, Mexico uh, has become more and more, uh, especially in some parts of Mexico, uh, a dangerous place. There, there are other parts of Mexico that are perfectly safe. Well, as safe as any city can be, you know. Um, we here's the here's a funny detail. We shot the entire movie in Mexico City, which you know you look at the movie and it feels like the entire point is that you don't know what city in Mexico this takes place because this is happening in every city in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Now, because of logistics, we needed to we we had very little money and Mexico City is the hub of everything in this country. So we shot in Mexico City, but it's such a huge city that you you can find locations for anything. And um, the scouting process was tough because as you see in the movie, there's the movie moves from a more real grounded world into a more ghost town. Um, Nature takes over civilization post-apocalyptic feel world. Let's, let's call it that. So we needed both. Um, the parts that seem more real at the beginning of the movie were shot in a, in a very easy area of town. You know, very easy. So we never had an incident, but we had a lot of security. That is true. And because, you know, you have expensive equipment and you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of scares, not 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 of that kind, but of crazy people. <laughs> like in every big town, we have crazy people. Right. Um, and then for the abandoned spaces, when they move into the ghost town, mm-hmm. we found some incredible locations, especially two. There's this abandoned hotel that the kids take cover, like their kingdom, mm-hmm. in, uh, for the central part of the movie. And that's an actual huge, massive, crazy place that we have in Mexico City, in the heart of Mexico City. And I never knew. Wow. It's insane. It's just this, you know, it's, it's, it's like the size of four very big blocks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's walled off. It's private property. It's been uh, vacant forever. And it became a, a property of Mexico City's uh, government. But it's... It's um, it, it's a hotel that was made by by a madman, a little bit like the Winchester Mansion, let's call it. Mm-hmm. But the the man died before completing it, and um, so it's halfway made. It's not completely safe um, construction norm wise. I'm I'm not sure how it fared after the last the latest earthquake we had. Um, we were all the time saying, "Oh my God, let's hope it doesn't. We don't have an earthquake now." It didn't fall. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there, there were there were areas that we had to cordon off completely because they were not safe um, as, as structurally. And we have kids, you know. Right. And can you imagine being eleven or 
nine in the, and being in a in an endless abandoned hotel uh-huh. and an adult saying no yeah. you can exactly and uh-huh. people saying no you cannot go there uh-huh. I see myself going like yeah sure <laughs> look look over there and running you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> we had to be careful with them because they were so fascinated yeah. um, and they loved it they loved it and then finally we have the final the climax scene which is a very high tension action scene in an abandoned um, spa. You know, there's no, there's not a translation in English for those places. Mm, if, you know, I, I lived in Los Angeles for a while and they had these Korean baths or Turkish baths. Mm-hmm. And there's places like, like public baths mm-hmm. where people go into thermal um, um, pools and then they take, uh, you know, steam and steam baths and stuff like that. And that was that, but it was abandoned. And that's where we shot the climax. And that was, we we were worried of, of sanitary issues there. So we had it deeply, deeply cleaned. Mm-hmm. And then we had to make it dirty again for the movie. <laughs> but it's but it's earth dirt, what you saw there. Yeah, yeah. it's clean dirt, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd have to say real quick is uh, you mentioned Stephen King growing up, you know, reading some of his stories and uh, Stephen King and uh, Guillermo del Toro have really uh, said a lot about your movie. That must be uh, amazing for you, I would think. What can, what can I say? You know, yeah. I I grew up in awe of these men. Um, Stephen was, uh, thank God he's so prolific because I could not go through his books fast enough. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was not only Stephen, but he was high in my pantheon, mm-hmm. very high. But he was, you know, from Lovecraft to him, to Tolkien, to August Deller, to Lord Dunsany, to, um, you know, or equivalent in Spanish, Gustavo Adolfo Becker. Uh, anything that had ghosts and monsters and skeletons in it, <laughs> it, it was for me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or orcs, or princes, or anything. Uh-huh. Um, or spaceships, you know. Um, yeah. um, I was a crazy Ray Bradbury and uh, Arthur C. Clarke and all of them. Um, Stanislav Lem, anybody. Mm-hmm. Any, anything that was removed from my reality was good. Yeah, <laughs> you I know? 100%. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in, in any case, but, but Steve was so high there because... Even when I was, I think I read his, the first book I read of his was Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it fell on my hands. I still believe it's one of his best. Mm-hmm. And after he, he, he tweeted that, the first thing I did was run to my agent and I go, I want to do Salem's Lot. And he was like, ah, you know, it's, it's gone. They're doing it. And I was like, shit. But, um, um, I was, I think I was nine when I read Salem's Lot, and I was scared out of my wits. You know, it's hard to scare people with vampires, mm-hmm. and it's so hard, and he manages, because it's not about vampires, it's about evil. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what blew me away with Stephen was not the scares, not the monsters, and they're good. Mm-hmm. It was the portrait of a town that seems and perfectly fine, and is completely rotten underneath. Mm-hmm. And I was nine, and it was such a such a discovery that you know literature could go 
into such depth of analysis of the human soul, mm-hmm. and at the same time be fun and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm as I'm telling you this story, I'm realizing how <laughs> probably how much that book um, affects me today and how I approach. You know, it's mm-hmm. in in a way it's what it's what Tigers is about. You know, mm-hmm. it is both an exploration of society and what's really wrong with us and a fantasy and a, and a ghost story. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the perfect cocktail. And then, of course, growing up later, when I was a teenager and I discovered Guillermo's work, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, my God, this, this man gets it. Mm-hmm. And he's Mexican. <laughs> and he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And I want to be him, you know, and I... <laughs> And I I was amazed by the growth that I saw between Kronos and uh, The Devil's Backbone, which mm-hmm. is still probably my favorite one. It's just the perfect ghost story. I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the visual universe that he created in, in Dance Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, and then I saw, uh, of course, his mother's shape of water after I premiered tigers but mm-hmm. again he manages right he just <laughs> he just ma- and i told him when i met him recently for the first time in my life yeah i was like i i know you're so tired of hearing because you know <laughs> it's his moment i'm so happy for him yeah but uh but you know i know you're tired of hearing people you're listening to people saying how awesome you are <laughs> but listen <laughs> listen Guillermo. there's there's many things you do great but there's one thing one thing that nobody does like you, which is combining perfect beauty, perfect, amazing beauty mm-hmm. with utter horror mm-hmm. and, and violence. And, you know, and, and in The Shape of Water, he manages when you have in one movie a couple dancing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in, water. in, a, in yeah. a musical. Oh, right. The and musical then in part. water uh-huh. at the end, it, which is, so delicate and she's dancing with a fucking monster. Uh-huh. It's amazing. <laughs> but in the same movie, you have a guy who gets sick and tired of, of trying to heal his hand. Mm. And, at, you know, in a climatic scene, yeah. he reaps to rotting fingers yeah, of his hand. It's an amazing scene in, in the, the movie. It's so powerful. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's so powerful. You can smell him at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And he has, you have that, those two things in one movie and he's the man who can do that you know and and it's a huge role model for me um so both of them watching the movie and i insisted so much i was such a pest i didn't know them i you know i don't know steve but i was you know pestering my agents like please send this please send this please and they would and nothing would happen of course not these men you, you can you imagine the amount of stuff they received Mm-hmm. And um, and then finally they did, and and they connected, and it felt like, you know, for an orphan girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. like such a perfect moment of of having, you know, parental blessing. Mm-hmm. Really, it was beautiful. It it was beautiful. I still can't believe it. Mm-hmm. So I I want everyone to know I loved uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Not just because you're here, I thought it was a beautiful movie. And kind of like what you're saying about uh, Guillermo with uh, things that uh, combine horror and, and beauty, there's a lot of scenes in the movie like uh, like the kids playing with uh, 
with uh, the police tape while there's a dead body next to uh, it. Yeah. That combined. I mean, yes, it looks exactly. beautiful at the same time. It's, you know, something her- horrific, but it's a real life uh, horror in the movie. And uh, I just loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because that was, I love it that, you know, not many people notice details like that. Mm-hmm. It is full with them. And it's it comes from while I was preparing, while I was even writing the script, I was collecting images. I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And when I, when people say Pinterest, you think immediately of cookies <laughs> and diet, of uh-huh. cookies, uh-huh. weddings and diet, and diet tips. And yeah, if you open the page, that's what you will find. Uh-huh. It's kind of terrifying of what it says about. <laughs> I, sometimes, you know, women worry. I love, I love being a woman and there's so many amazing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but sometimes we women ourselves are going to places that I don't understand. Me, me included. Me the first, let me tell you. <laughs> but um, um, the captain of that, by the way. But anyways, um, if, I, I use Pinterest for my movies a lot, a lot, a lot. I create endless words while I'm writing, while I'm, you know, once I'm, an idea gets into my head and I see an image that will work for an idea, for that idea, I just pin it there. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this bin. And when it, the time comes to make the movie, I open the magic box. And there's all these ideas that would have disappeared if I hadn't saved them. And that image of children playing with police tape mm-hmm. uh, with a body next to them is real. I saw a photograph like that. Oh, wow. And it hit me like a rock, like a boulder. Mm-hmm. And I decided that it needed to be in this movie because it captures in that moment what the hell is going on in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's there. It's subtle. It's there. Not a, you know, very few people observe that it's there. I'm very happy that you did. Thank you. You're very welcome. There's also, I really like the kids sleeping in the hollow TV. I thought that was a, a very cool visual as well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought that it was um, an, uh, an incredible concept that, you know, you create. You know, when you don't have signal, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you don't because they have power. Sometimes because they steal it, yeah. and sometimes they don't. They create their own stories. And then after that, and when we were editing, I watched. Um, uh, what is the name of that movie? Uh, that Netflix produced is brutal and beautiful about uh, Stranger Children Things. Soldiers. Oh, no, um, no, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's good though. That's good. I <laughs> uh-huh. uh, no, about which I saw after after making Tigers, and I was like, oh hell, <laughs> it is, you know. Nah, it's but but it was though. a good thing because people were when people watch Tigers, they go like, oh my god, this is this is like a Stranger Things but fucked up. Anyways, no, I'm talking about um, Idris Selva is in it, and, and it's about children soldiers, um, child soldiers in Africa. It's called. Oh boy. <laughs> um, anyways, um, it, it it goes to incredibly painful places, but it just starts in such a in such joy. It's by. It's not Gary Kusama. Uh, what's his name? It's Gary Kusama. Gary uh, Kusama. Is it Beast of Donation? Beast of Donation. Right. Thank yeah. you. You're very welcome. Thank I cheated you. and looked it up. Thank here you. Google, but... You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Um, the movie, please watch that movie. And and I saw it after finishing this, but I was like, oh my God, it has a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And it starts with African kids um, 
trying to sell to the soldiers at TV and MTTV. Mm-hmm. And the soldiers go, but it was broken. And they say, no, it's wonderful. Look, look how many shows it has in it. And the kids start making the shows inside the TV for the soldiers. Yeah. And I, it's so beautiful. And it's similar to my thing, but mm-hmm. better done. He did it better. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, shit. <laughs> this is brilliant, you know. <laughs> but, uh, just, but it's brilliant. Watch the movie. It's I, I'm going to watch it. That sounds great. And uh, uh, real, uh, what was it like to win uh, the awards at a uh, Fantastic Fest? Oh my! That was the first award that the movie won, and it. I uh, I was honest to God, not expecting it. Um, the movie was here's a, here's a true story, and now I can tell it. The movie was rejected. Wow. At every, every major festival, everyone, every single one for a year. Wow. And um, my heart was so broken. And, um, and then, you know, I, I watched um, The Girl With All The Gifts. I had, I had read a novel movie. and I love yeah. It's a really good movie yeah. uh, based on a tough book to shoot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love the book. I love the book. And I was like, you know, they did a very good job. And then I... I saw that this movie had won the very same award I won um, at Fantastic Fest. And the thing is, everybody had been saying to me, not, not for Tigers, but for life, mm-hmm. you have to go to Fantastic Fest. You're going to love it. It's, it's not about, it's, it's about genre, of course, mm-hmm. but it's, it's about, it's growing and becoming this just amazing, strange movies out there that the big prestigious festivals are not paying attention, like new voices, extreme cinema, a little bit what Sundance was at the very beginning, you know, it's becoming this space. And I, and I said, you know, we, we never, because I was, I was aiming to the prestige of, you know, a certain regard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was a complete wrong seat, by the way. Um, I said, what the hell? Let's try genre festivals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what happened with the movie from there on has been insane. And I don't think that would have happened if the movie had gone to, say, Berlin and even gotten a... a I'm not saying that Berlin is not a fantastic festival. It's just mm-hmm. I'm saying it was perhaps not the perfect festival for this movie. And... Um, and then it exploded, and it was beautiful. So that first award was amazing. And it's funny that it was the very same award that The Girl With All The Gifts won. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, it felt beautiful. It felt, you know, amazing. Like, oh, oh, this is its home. Mm-hmm. You know, this is its audience. And it opened the, the door for other audiences to to approach the movie and be moved by it. And it has been a beautiful ride. Mm-hmm. It has, to this day, <clears throat> 14 um, awards um, from, the, from the general circuit. And we have, this year, a total, uh, still 20 festivals to go to. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I couldn't ask for more. I'm so happy. Yeah. It, it has given me so many gifts. Mm-hmm. The other girl with all the gifts now. So I yeah. am, I am the girl with all the gifts now. I am, I right. am indeed. I have to go, but yeah, uh, yeah. I know it's it's, it's way longer really, than really we nice. than we thought. Yeah, that happens. I know that. myself. Yeah. That happens. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> no, it was because you. First of all, I don't know how to say 
quiet. Uh-huh. And second, you were making amazing questions. So oh, well, uh, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. No, no, I love it. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.